I'm here doing this show in the hopes that I can bring you any and everything that is going to help shift your trajectory and help you step into the life you're called to live in your business and personally. I need to digress for a sec because I know you're feeling called to your next level and you need to stop spinning those wheels and hoping your business is just going to grow or someday you're going to have more freedom or maybe you're going to finally become known in your space. And I get it because that was my reality for years. I was stuck financially and I want to share what the differentiator was between being in that plateau financially, not having freedom, not having time to breaking into several million to finally getting that momentum at my back and feeling like everything was falling into place. And the difference for me was going from trying to figure it out and testing a bunch of things and guessing as to what would work to having one mentor in my life who believed in me and was willing to pull back the curtain on his eight-figure business to show me exactly what he was doing that worked. And all of a sudden, I had the answers to the questions and the solutions to the problems and the systems and the strategy and the leadership mindset I needed to have to be able to lead my business to success. And that's what I've done for you. I've compiled all the resources and the templates and the systems and the strategy and the leadership wisdom and the plug and play tools into one convenient place. So when you have questions about how to increase your sales or your conversions or how to have better messaging and marketing so that you attract the right people or how to lead your business well or how to grow your team or create a team culture that just leads to this mission that is taking off all of those things, they're in one convenient place, a resource hub that we call your breakthrough year because you use it and you have your breakthrough year and you can pull from it whenever you need it. No more feeling stuck or wasting time and money. If it worked for me, if it worked for my many high-end clients, my high-performing clients, it's in there for you to leverage. So go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash leader and get on the wait list because only those on the wait list get a special discount and access to incredible bonuses like my most profitable year system and how to boost your sales and increase cash flow instantly. You guys, this one's a no-brainer. So go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash leader and get on that wait list. And in all the things you're called to do, which is why I'm bringing in the big guns, my now friend, I so enjoyed this interview, Justin Prince. He's a global entrepreneur. He's built five multi-million dollar businesses that have generated more than $2 billion in revenue. And he is a keynote speaker. And he and I have the mutual friend and mentor of John Maxwell. But I think the real reason that I resonate with Justin and why I really wanted to bring him onto the show is because of his heart-centered approach, how he sees the whole picture. It's not just about the success. He's not standing in front of a jet touting how much money you can make as he's neglecting his family. He's a father of four. He's present husband. And he's someone I can completely resonate with in everything from business strategy to the depth of his faith. And he's written a book that you all need to get your hands on called Be the One. And the principle of it and what we go into today gave me good goosebumps throughout the show, and it's going to help give you a clear roadmap forward into stepping into both the leader you're called to be and the business you're called to elevate and grow. So if you want to know everything from how to leverage the right relationships for growth to understanding exactly how you build momentum and get it at your back so the uphill climb comes a lot easier than it might feel right now, And if you want to be inspired and reinvigorated and learn from someone who's been in the depths of despair in their growth journey to the highest peaks, I want to bring you Justin Prince. All right, let's jump into the show. Hey, you're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz. 
This is the space where we equip overwhelmed entrepreneurs to become the confident, visionary leader their business, team, family, legacy need to win. After working with countless entrepreneurs over the last decade plus, I've noticed this theme. No matter the level of success they achieved, and I've worked with some incredibly successful business owners, they get to this point where they're asking, now what? You know, what am I being called to next? What does next look like? How do I get there? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact and you want to feel less frantic and in the weeds of your day-to-day roles and instead lead with that vision and that peace and that intention and that clarity. You want to wake up each morning with that clarity and vision and the time and the margin to do what you love in your business and in your life with your family. This show is where industry leaders come to grow into their next level of achievement and purpose and impact and legacy, success in business and true legacy at home. Get ready because we both know you don't just need another strategy. It is time for your breakthrough. Justin, I am excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the Luminary Leadership Podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm fired up about it and really been looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. So I want our listeners to get to know you before we jump into the topic of today and flesh out some questions. I want to pepper you with questions today. Before we do that, I would love to just get a sense of the crooked lines that drew the modern day picture of your life. What was the path here? What it looked like. I know you have a story. So share a little bit of that history that brought you to today. First of all, what an accurate visual depiction of how you become successful. (laughs) That's like all these crooked (laughs) lines all over the place. Steve Jobs in his kind of famous commencement speech at Stanford says, you cannot connect the dots of your life looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And so sometimes you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, like all those steps, all those crooked lines actually led me to where I am. But I'm from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. My folks were divorced at age 12. We were a middle-class family. We moved 13 times in the seven years to the teenage years. I have no professional background. I was making pizzas and I was doing construction work. I worked in a mall kiosk selling cartoon Bible videos out of a mall kiosk. I have no college education. So I had a semester and a half of college. But what I did have was I always had big dreams and big goals. I had a lot of work ethic, a lot of like desire to succeed. When I was 25, my wife and I got married when I was 22. We had our first little baby at 23. I started my first business at 25. I was working at a mall kiosk. And man, I just fell in love with the idea of building financial freedom. I wanted to make my little son proud of me, my little boy. I wanted my wife to be proud of me. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm like, honey, we're going to be successful. It's okay. You got it. And I just went full tilt. I worked through all of our savings, trying to get this business going. Eventually got it going a little bit. And then the company that we were actually distributing products for, the company itself, the kind of parent company went out of business. And so when that happened, our business was out of business overnight. And so I was below zero financially, back on credit cards, back on taxes. I was really in a precarious financial situation. At one point, we moved my pregnant wife and our now two kids into the loft of my wife's parents' garage. So I have two babies sleeping in the closet. My wife and I sleep in the little loft area. And... A lot of those nights, I have now two part-time jobs. So I'm working during the weekdays and then uh, during the weekends. And I remember thinking to myself, is it, am I crazy? Is it ever going to be possible for me? Like I knew success was possible for other people. I just didn't know if it was going to be possible for me. And I kept moving forward. It's interesting. It's like, people are like, why did you not quit? And I'm like, I honestly just felt there was this part of my heart just keep going. Mm -hmm. 
even though I, I tell people I was too stupid to quit, I probably should have quit, but I just kept moving forward. Eventually built that business, speaking all over the world with that company as a poster child of, the, of what was possible. And then uh, I sold that business at 29 at age 30, from 30 to 32, I was doing consulting work. I started a consulting project at age 32 with a company that uh, was eight years in a row of double digit negative decline in revenue. So they're going the wrong direction fast. And they were doing business in 20 plus countries around the world. We came in as a small little consulting team to help them to transform this company. We, we did an impossible task because you're taking a, it's like changing the engine of a 737 at 30,000 feet. This is not going to, but your odds of this going were not great. And ultimately we kind of transitioned that company. We tore it down, started a basically a brand new company, new business model, <laughs> new everything, really compensation structure or the whole thing. And uh, that company in the last 11 years we did, I, I uh, became a, a minority equity partner. I went into the field and led distribution and building sales teams and building, you know, the marketing and the organization. And we did over two and a half billion in revenue, millions and millions of customers. And it was really a, 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 a good experience. And so my passion, I wrote the book, Be the One. And the idea is two parts. One is that you are the one. So success is an identity process. It's realizing who you really are. So think of it this way. If you take your parents and your grandparents and your great grandparents, you go up the line, 12 generations, 12 generations was approximately 400 years. And it was 4,094 people. So 4,094 people from all over the world came together to create you. You are the one. You're the one they lived for and bled for and cried for and died for. You're the one that they gave all of this time and energy and effort for. So your life has value and purpose and meaning. Once you realize, man, I got my life matters. You want to go be the one. The second part is it's not become the one. It's be. And be to me is a present word. It's be your best version of yourself today. Be the one you're born to be. Because I tell people, you are not who you are. You are who you were born to be. You are this potential that's inside of you. So the book, I hope it motivates and inspires. But what I really hope it does is it teaches. It gives practical, tactical steps for you to create, design, and live an unforgettable life where future generations look up into their family lineage and they say, it was her. It was him. She's the one or he's mm -hmm. the one that changed our family's life forever. Addiction stopped with her, abuse ended with him, or the financial principles that set our family free. It was my great grandma, my great grandpa, and they're telling your story. And that's what the book's designed to help you to do. Do you feel like that was spurred from your own experience of being the one in that generational line for you? Is that what it was birthed from? Yeah, I think there's a, a part of it. It also came from, I tell the story of my fifth generation grandpa, fifth generation grandma. And my son and I, on Memorial Day of 2020, so my son was 16, we went on Memorial Day to my this fifth-generation great-grandpa's uh, tomb, to his graveside. And this guy had an amazing story. He took his family, he and his wife took his family from England of the Eastern Cape of South Africa in 1841. 1850, his brother was killed in what, what was called the Hosha Wars, which is against the native tribes. 1853, he has a vision from his journals and his daughter's journals. He has a vision that two people are going to come to his home with a message of Christian faith and their message was true and that he should accept their message. 1855, these two men show up. He says to his wife, that's the two men from the vision. 1860, they end up leaving the Southern Cape of South Africa and they could travel 9,000 miles to America. My great grandma, Sarah, had five children and was pregnant with twins during this voyage. They land in Massachusetts, make it to Nebraska. And then their last wagon train west in Nebraska. And she buries her two little, her, she has the twins. They die shortly after birth. They bury them in hand dug grave across the Western Plains. 
in an area they'll know they'll never see him again. They get to Salt Lake City. She never emotionally or physically recovers. She dies too. And here's George, right? Your brother's now dead. Your two babies are now dead. Your wife's now dead. You've gone 18,000 miles around the world in the pursuit of bettering your family's life, in the pursuit of being true to your faith, in the pursuit of trying to be the one for your family. And my son kneels at this man's grave, takes off his hat. It's a 16-year-old boy, takes off his hat, puts it in the grass next to him, kneels out in this man's grave. And I asked him, I said, what were you, what was your experience? And he said, I was thanking George. He said, I was thanking George for his courage, for his faith and for his resilience. He said, dad, I was thanking George for being the one. And I just mm-hmm. remember thinking to myself, I've made decisions in my life that were because of George's faith, because of George's courage and because of his resilience. I've actually made my own decisions based on him. And the word decision comes from the Latin. It's a Latin word. The scission meant to cut and the D meant off. So an incision cut in, a decision cut off. So in other words, you come up to a moment of your life, you make a decision to go right, for example. You cut off all possibilities if you would have gone left. And what I want to share with people is this. Every decision you've ever made your whole life, every single one, has put you on this podcast, listening to this discussion right now, wherever you may be, you made an appointment to be here and you're, you'll never be this old again and you've never been this young before. And so what you do, you can't always control what happens, but you can control what happens next. So make a decision leaving this to go be the one that those future generations, fifth generation from now, they're at your tomb. They're at your mm-hmm. graveside thanking you for your courage and your faith and your resilience and thanking you for being the one for your family. Mm, yeah, that gives me goosebumps picturing your son at that gravesite and feeling his through line to his ancestors and how really we're never self-made, right? Like we're a product of those people who came before us, both good and bad. And sometimes it's looking at those people before us and saying, thank you for jacking it up so badly that I I made that yeah. decision to go in a different direction. But what you'd prefer in terms of legacy, I assume, is someone looking back and standing over your grave and saying, thank you for being the one that showed me the, the way, what was possible, who I truly could become and, and the bloodline I come from to be proud of and, and to carry that legacy forward. I love how you talk about this idea of living an unforgettable life. It's, I wouldn't say it's something that we haven't thought about before, but the angle that you take, it's different than just saying, I want to live a successful life or I want yeah. to grow yeah. or I want to yeah. have... Yeah significance to me it's the whole picture it's taking the whole picture mm-hmm. and i think for some fe- people i would guess it might feel daunting right because our listeners are all entrepreneurs they're running businesses many of them ha- have found great success but the reality is they want that unforgettable life but then when they get down into the day to day they're running a business they're juggling a family i know you have four kids i have four little ones they're working hard to keep growing and it's hard to live those unforgettable days you might have the vision for an unforgettable life, but it, it's going to amount from having those moments that you create that are unforgettable or that you become that person that's unforgettable. So can you talk about that for the person that hears this, is inspired by it, but then maybe gets off the podcast and like, how, what do I do first? Yeah. How do I start living into this legacy I want to leave behind? Yeah. So first of all, I love this kind of bifurcation you're making. It's not just like success. Like I made a ton of cash. It's there's things that you can do. George Prince was not a rich man. He was a sheep herder, but his courage resonates down through the generations. His resilience resonates down. And a couple quick thoughts. You and I have a mutual 
a friend and admiration for John Maxwell. So for those of you that don't know, he's actually did the forward for my book. John is the kind of the world's foremost authority on leadership, according to Inc. Magazine. He's written almost 100 books. He's sold 35 million copies. He's a really unique and uh, really an amazing man. So I'm in Costa Rica with him doing what's called the country transformation. There's probably 10 of us. It's a small group. And we met with the U.S. ambassador. We went to the U.S. embassy. We went to the uh, famous theater with all the kind of a black tie event with all the kind of like local business people, went to the police graduation. It was just this crazy, cool, interesting experience. So as we're there, one of the places we stop is at a local university and John's teaching and he's on a stage to give you an idea. It's, it's, it looks like a theater, like a movie theater. So the stage or the, uh, it's an auditorium where the stands go up and there's 500 students, these Costa Rican students. Now think of this. John's got silver hair. He's, he's probably 73 years old. These students are what? 18, 19, 20 years old. So they're, they're basically kids. And here's this like kind of grandfather figure, right? So if you've ever watched John teach, he'll sit up on a stool. Next to him will be like a, a high table where he'll have his iPad out. And he'll just almost, he's, his content is so rich. He doesn't have to bounce around the stage. He just literally just read his content and have his key points. Next to him is a man named Juan Verakin. His name is JB. So Juan is the kind of Latin American John Maxwell. It goes John, the table, then Juan. John's teaching, he's teaching, and all of a sudden he stops. <laughs> Puts his hand on his chin like this, crosses his leg. You could tell something hit him, like an idea hit him. And he said, if there's only one thing I could share with you kids that would have the most impact in your life, he said, it'd be this one thing. And then he just leans back in his chair and doesn't say anything. Five seconds of fast, 10 seconds, you're like leaning forward of, of what's the one thing. So finally, instead of saying anything, he stands up off his chair, walks to the edge of this stage with the auditorium going up, and he just holds his arm up in the air like this. Doesn't say anything, just holds his arm up. And again, five seconds pass, 10 seconds, what's up? JB gets up off his stool, walks next to John, and he holds his arm up like this, right? Now, 20 seconds have passed, 25, 30. And it feels like five minutes. It feels, and he hasn't said anything yet. And so finally, one of the Costa Rican students, a young woman stands up, maybe 18 years old, and she holds her arm up. And then that prompts another student. Anyway, the whole audience stands up, holds her arm. It's this kind of magical moment in it with an audience. And John's holding his arm up and he says this. And this would be what I would say to answer the question of like, how do I get started? What do I do? I got 57 things going on all at once. And I got fires to put out and kids to raise. And I'm trying to be true to my faith. And God, I got to go get in shape. And I've got like the community I had to work with. And my business has got crazy parts all half the time. And it's just, there's a lot going on. So what do you do? John has his arm up like this. And he says, if there's only one piece of advice I could give you that would have the most impact in your life, it would be this. He said, live an intentional life. He said, all success is all uphill all the way. And most people have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. And he says, you don't accidentally go up hills. You only intentionally go up hills. So live an intentional life. So what I would share with you is this, is what we want to really look at is, okay, how can I be more intentional in all the kind of key areas of my life? Most of us, just because of the demands of life, we become where we live a lot, reacting, reaction to the distraction versus intentional creation. We just react to just all the stuff all coming at us all the time. Versus saying, I'm going to intentionally create this level of fitness in my life, this level of like health, meaning I want my weight and my body fat and my energy and my, I don't want my back to hurt anymore. My hamstrings to be so tight. I want to like have a, I want to feel like I'm energetic. I want to have this level of connection in my faith. I want to have this level of income. I want to have this level of savings. I want to have this level of connection to my spouse. 
where we actually have a deep connection. I want to have this level of connection to my children. I want to work this way in my community. I want the business to go from here to here. And I want it to have this level of profitability. And I want to create a culture within the business that's built by on purpose and by design versus us just reacting to the culture that is there. All of that stuff starts, number one, with living an intentional life. And number two, with creating habits and patterns and routines that get us into that stage. So one of my things I, I teach in the book is these ideas of you are not who you are, who you were born to be. The second thing is you are not what you did, but you are what you repeatedly do. In other words, it's the, the doing the right things over and over. Or if you've made mistakes in your life, you did stupid stuff. Cool. We all have. It's not what you did. It's what you repeatedly do. So building new habits, new patterns, new routines, things that if you do those with high uh, consistency and also high intentionality over a consistent period of time, you're going to build exactly what you want to build. You're going to have the fitness you want, the spiritual connection you want, the business you want, because you're doing the right things with the right habits and your habits become the default setting to do the right things versus the default setting to do the wrong things. So I would say live an intentional life and, and then really do an audit of your habits. What time are you going to bed? What time are you waking up? How are you using your phone? Are you more distracted by it? Are you like, what about your temperament? What about your spiritual connection? What about your fitness right now? Are you in the best shape you've ever been in? Or are you like, oh, I could probably lose a couple of pounds. You start to get really hyper intentional in all of these key areas. And that's where I think it all starts is just setting that, that intention to live an intentional life. And it, you know what it does too, Justin, is it takes the decision fatigue out of life, yes. right? A lot yes. of yes. the stress and the overwhelm, a lot of people will say, I'm so overwhelmed or I'm burnt out. And if you don't have systems in your life to remove the necessity of you constantly having to make decisions. I have a friend of mine who has just spoken life into me for many years. And she used to say to me, 99% is a B. People say, oh yeah, like I'm 99% in. And that means you still have 1% of the time where you have to make a freaking decision versus when yes. you're in 100% yes. and you have the habits and you have the systems, you don't wake up and say, oh, should I, I'm exhausted. Do mm -hmm. I, I want to <laughs> work out today? You just do it because that's what yes. you have built into your life. And people think it's harder because it's a sacrifice. What they don't realize is when you get over the hump of the beginning misery of creating any new habit or system, yes. your life becomes easier and you have more freedom than you've ever had. But most people won't pay that two-week price, three-week price of integrating it into their days to get to the other side where they get to reap the reward. So I'm so glad you bring that up because it's so key. And it's the differentiator in everyone's, oh, what's the secret? What did John Maxwell do to become famous? Oh, I don't know. He wrote every freaking day. And most people yes. aren't willing to write every day or study every day. It's nothing sexy. It's not this big stratospheric leap that somebody took. It's in the little not so sexy stuff that they've been willing to commit to that Joe Schmo just won't do every day because he's looking for his next big win instead of trying to build it through those habits and those rituals each day. First of all, I don't know if you could say it much better than that. That is so well said. I teach a 3C success loop. I'll share this with you quickly because this piggybacks into both, both the question you asked and then also this incredible point that you're making about the decision fatigue and just like almost making that full commitment. So there's three C's. Now, here's what I want you to know about the three C's is this is very important. This is how you can change your entire life and create momentum. Remember, momentum is the secret to life. Momentum is a secret to business. Momentum is how six months from now, a year from now, three years, five, five years, 10 years, you can, your life is just like going downhill in a positive way, meaning like you're not right. pushing it up the mountain all the time. It's just, it's just rolling for you. 
each one of the C's leads to the next, which leads to the next, which connects back to the original one, which creates this forward spin, right? So the first one is confidence. So the foundation of your success is believing in yourself. It's hard to get everyone else to believe in you if you won't believe in you. So just having a foundation of, hey, I've done some hard things. Hey, I can, I can make this happen. So a foundation of confidence. Number two is commitment. Where there is no confidence, there is no commitment. If you have no confidence, your exercise program is going to work. You're not going to be very committed to it. If you have no confidence that your business plan is going to work, you're not going to be very committed. Where there is no confidence, there is no commitment. Now, here's the challenge. Most people are lukewarm. And my friends, there's no lukewarm winners. You're either in or out, on or off. This idea of 99% in means you're out, dude. You got to go all in. Get committed, stay committed. John was asked once, go back to John Maxwell. Someone said, John, how did you write 100 books? And he said, it was really simple. He said, I do five things every day. I teach a rule called find your five. So I do five things every single day. And they said, what are the five? He said, I read, think, file, ask questions, write. And we all know what reading is. We all know what thinking is. Filing means he finds quotes, stats, illustrations, stories, and he files them away so we could maybe use them later. So he reads, he thinks, he files, he asks questions, right? All of us can read, think, file, ask questions, right? We agree on that. I've sat in John's den at his home, right? Every morning at 5 a.m., guess what he's doing? He's reading, thinking, filing, asking questions, right? The guy asks me, he says, what do you mean by every day, John? And this goes back, Elizabeth, to your point. He says, every day means what? Every day, every day on his birthday, on Christmas, on the day that he didn't feel well, he's reading, thinking, filing, asking questions, right? You do that every single day for 40 plus years, you'll write more leadership content than any humans ever lived in the world, right? That's the power of just being committed, right? Okay, the commitment leads to competence. Hmm. Competence is your skill sets. So think of it this way. Talent's your floor, skills are your ceiling. You want to build skill above the talent. Most of us, we rely on our talent too much. We rely on just we're just our natural charisma or our natural work ethic or our natural ability to, my friends, we're not building new skills. Elizabeth, we were talking before we started the podcast. You're going into some of these organizations, helping them to build new skills, organize their online content or organize their funnels. That's new stuff. It's new skills. They're not just relying on like, we are who we are. So we're good. I watched mm-hmm. the documentary on Netflix about Johnny Manziel's for those of you that are football fans. 10 plus years ago, he played for Texas A&M, was a Heisman Trophy winner, was the first one to do it as a freshman. What was his challenge? The number one challenge is he didn't build any new skill above the talent. He just had this kind of crazy natural talent. And he never learned to go build new skill above the talent. You want to build skill above the talent. Talent's the floor, skill's the ceiling. What happens when you become highly competent in something? In other words, you become highly skilled. Guess what happens? Your confidence increases. Because you're like, I'm like good at this. Like I got some confidence. Then that drives more commitment, which drives more skill building, which drives more confidence. And you start to spin the loop. So last thing I'd share is this. What do you do today if you're listening to this and you think, I don't have a lot of confidence. And we're just being totally honest. You're like, in this new venture or in my business or in my ability to get in great shape or I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't have a ton of confidence. Okay. There's another C that will get you into the loop, right? And it's courage. My mm-hmm. friends, courage is you move, you take action when you don't feel like all the answers. Courage is you move forward with a lot of strength. Courage is you start the podcast. You don't feel like you have a lot to say. Courage is you write the book when you think that who the heck am I to write a book? Courage is you make the call when you don't feel like you're that great at inviting. Courage is you follow up with a person even though your palms are sweaty. Courage is you say, I'm sorry, even though you actually feel like you want them to say they're sorry to you. That's courage. Now, there's a great book written by a, a Christian pastor named Mark Batterson called Chase the Lion. He tells us this old Bible story. He says, 
about a guy named Ben and I, he says that he chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day. So first question is this, how many people do you know that chase lions into pits on snowy days? Not very many, right? It makes Ben and I rare. And my friends, here's what I want you to know. Anything that's rare is more valuable. So a friendship that's rare is more valuable. A painting that's rare is more valuable. A diamond that's rare is more valuable. A person that has courage, a mom with courage is rare. A dad with courage is rare. An entrepreneur leading the business that has courage, that's rare. And anything that's rare is more valuable. So in the book, the lion is the dream. The lion is the burn in your heart to be the one, to live an unforgettable life. That's the lion. He says most people, when they hear the roar, or in, in our cases, we feel it in our hearts. We hear the roar of the lion. Guess what most people do? They ignore the roar or they run from the roar where a person with courage chases the lion. They run to the roar. So today, take action. Move forward. Make a decision. Go for it. And make a new commitment. Make a new habit. Lean into your habits. Have courage. Like get, go from 99 to 100 in commitment level. Get fully committed. Leave lukewarm and just say, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to chase it. And that is that what happens when you do that, you then you can lean in courage until you don't need a courage anymore. You just have confidence. Your confidence right. will lead to your commitment. You're like, I'm all in. Your commitment level leads to your like skill building and that leads to more confidence. And then you start to spin the loop where you don't, it's not because you're so courageous, you're just confident. But today you might just need to start with courage because you maybe don't have a ton of confidence, baseline confidence yet. Yeah, I love those C's. And I love that you add courage in there because I think that is, I don't know, I don't want to say a missing piece of for a lot of entrepreneurs, but an undervalued piece, like an underestimated mm -hmm. piece of what's really required to find wholesome success. I don't mean success just in the metric of money, but wholesome success where you actually wake up in the morning and with great clarity that you're doing what you're called to do. And I would say for people that are struggling with the courage and the confidence piece, I know, I think back to times in my career over the last dozen years of moments where I didn't have that courage or I didn't feel that confidence. And what helped me through that was my faith in when I didn't have the confidence in myself and I didn't have the courage to take that step. I had the confidence that God was guiding me and I had the courage to trust him. And then I would just take it. And it, so it is that courage and that confidence. And then, so whether it's in yourself or whether it's in God and his plan for you, it's the willingness to take those steps because the answers come to those who take action and action is going to put you into that beautiful propulsion that you talk about. And I couldn't agree more that momentum, that inertia, it's not people. We live in this virality culture where everyone's aiming at the next thing that's going to make them go viral when they don't realize that the people that are really making, building wealth in all forms, wealth in their homes, wealth in their bank account, wealth in their business and their impact it's coming because they've done the things that you talk about and now the wind's in their favor. They've set their yeah, sails and they're catching their stride and you see it, right? When you're watching someone, you just like a John, right? You just see them. He's 76. He's in his freaking prime and has been for the last 30 years because he's caught his stride. He does the things, he has the system and he's leveraging those seeds that you talk about. And I just think you articulate it so beautifully. So thank you for that. Yeah, I want to, I'm going to add one quick thing to what you said, because I love what you said. This idea of maybe I don't have to have confidence in myself, but I have confidence that God has a plan for me. I heard a story recently, and I'll do my best to tell this because I, I just recently heard it. But the man is out in the ocean, and he's swam too far away from the shore, and he prays to God, God, please save me. 
and a boat comes by and says, hey, get in. We'll help you. He says, I'm good. And then the boat leaves and he says, God, please send something to save me. Another boat comes by and says, hey, we'll get in. He goes, no, no, I'm good. I'm waiting for something else. And then the third boat comes, or he says, praise God, please save me. Third boat comes by, says, get in. He says, no, I'm waiting for something else. I'm waiting for God to save me. And he ends up drowning. He goes to heaven and he says, God, why didn't you save me? I prayed for you to save me. And he says, I sent the three boats. And the point is, my friends, you've got to have courage to take the action because you have confidence that God's got you, but God can't just have you. <laughs> you've got to move, dude. You've got to take the action. And t- you know, you've got to chase the lion into a pit on a snowy day. That takes a ton of courage, right? Mm. And you do that just knowing that you're, I tell people, direction is more important than destination. You mm. may not be there yet, but are you pointing the right direction? Are you taking steps in the right direction? For your fitness, maybe you haven't lost 30 pounds, but you've lost two and you've got some new patterns going in the right direction, right? Maybe in your business, you ha- you're not a bazillionaire, but man, you're taking, you're building the right systems, the right strategies, and you're moving in the right direction. Direction is more important than destination. God can give you the right, God can save you, but he needs you to take the step. He needs mm-hmm. you to jump on the boat sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Can we, I don't want to shift. I wouldn't say this is shifting gears. I'd say it's building on the foundation that you've laid here. I know you talk a lot in Be The One about the idea of relationships. And one of the things that's a paradigm shift is how the world likes to tell us, or at least the entrepreneurial world, the personal development world, is you're a product of the five people that you surround yourself with or aspire to be like. But you argue that it might be a little different than that. Can you just speak into that? Because I feel like when people are taking the actions, when they are doing those four C's, three C's, four C's, they're leveraging the habits that they're building into their life. If they can couple that with the fuel on the fire of really leveraging relationships and nurturing those relationships and getting in the right spaces and thinking the right way around collaboration and connection, it almost is like you just uncorked the possibility. So I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah. So you've referenced this, you'll be the sum total of the five people you surround yourself with the most. The concept, I think, is the right concept, which is your associations matter. I think that's the right concept. The challenge is we don't all get to hang out with five awesome people all the time. Oftentimes, people we're hanging out with are not that awesome. And also, meaning you're just the guy you worked next to at work. He just sits in the cubicle next to you, and your has a strange clicking sound in his jaw, and he chews a soup. And you're like, this guy is so <laughs> weird. So you have that, but then you also have the it's not always easy to go hang out with this billionaire mentor of yours. It's like sometimes you're just hanging out with your friends. So it's what I call, I teach what I call the rule of 33. Rule of 33 basically says this, you intentionally find time, create time, make time with people that are the first 33 is the people that are basically ahead of you on the path. Mm-hmm. Ahead of you mean, means maybe they make more than you. Maybe they have a longer marriage than yours and a happier marriage. Maybe they're in better shape than you. In other words, They're just playing, like when you're around them, they expand your mind. They make you think bigger. You learned a ton. You take a ton of notes. They challenge and inspire you. You, you, They're aspirational for you. They're just playing the game at a higher level than you are. That'd be the top 33. Middle 33 is people that are basically at your size. You can learn from them. You can strategize with them. They can hold you accountable. You can hold them accountable. There's good kind of give and take. You can mastermind with them. You could maybe that they have one thing in their career, they're doing a little bit better, but you have another thing in your career, so you can kind of do a good give and take. There's just a lot of 
there's a lot of value in proactively intentionally surrounding yourself with people that are, you have two kids, they have two kids, they make 105,000, you make 107, you guys can just work together. The third group, the third 33% are people that are what I'm going to call basically behind you on the path. I'm not saying that you're better than them, them as a human. That's not the point. They're just younger than you. Maybe, maybe they make less than you. So I'll give you an example tonight. Uh, once a month, I do what I call the decades in today's teenage mastermind at my house. I bring teenagers from 13 to 18 over to my house and we're trying to collapse what took us decades to learn. I bring some of the most successful you know, people in our community over and they'll teach these kids for an hour. I tell the kids, no phones. They all bring notebooks and pens and they all, we have a group thread after that. They all share their biggest takeaways. It's actually super sweet, super inspiring. The gal tonight, just to give you an idea, she's a, she was a for, former professional dancer. This woman's amazing. She got cancer and I'm talking like, she's like bald and just dying of cancer, IVs, whatever, going through the whole thing. And she decided out of her just authenticity of who she is, it's who she is. Music starts and this woman starts dancing. It's the craziest thing. She started to dance on online. So she's literally at the hospital dying wow. of cancer and she would dance. And she just blew up on TikTok and blew up on Instagram and just, but it's, this is not a social media stunt. This is who this woman is. She's just such a high vibe, high positive person. So anyway, so she's coming over today and we'll have, I don't even know how many tonight, a ton of kids over to our house. and. I, I do that because guess who is going to get the most from tonight? Right. Not the kids, yeah. me. Like I'm going to grow. I'm going to learn. I'm inspired by these kids. I get to hopefully teach and inspire. When you learn something, you want to teach it. Because when you learn, you when you teach something, you internalize it. When you internalize it, you own it. In other words, it's not just stuff that you think. It's stuff that you start to know because you've internalized this stuff because you're teaching it. So sometimes you can teach and you can be the mentor. You can be the guide. You can be the coach. I'm going to give you my take on this. There's an old Bible story that talks about we're supposed to be a, a, the light on a hill. Now, this is just my take. You'll notice it's not a light on top of Mount Everest. And it's not a light in a valley or the light on a plateau. It's on a hill. Hills are approachable. Everyone can climb the hill. You don't have to just be like a, a mountain climber. And when you're on a trail on a hill, those of us that have gone on a hike on a hill, there's some people that are above you. There's some people that are basically where you're at. And there's some that are below you. Now, you can stabilize the people above you. If they slip, you can be like, whoa, whoa, I got you. I got you. But also, they can turn around and lift you up. The same thing can happen for the people below you. Maybe they stabilize you if you slip, but you can also turn around and lift them up and encourage them. Hey, the view is awesome up here. Come on, give me your hand. I'll pull you up. And so I think that's how the rule of 33 works. 33% of the time, you're intentionally with people that are, man, playing the game at a higher level than you are. 33% of the time, you're intentionally with people that are looking to expand the way you are at your level. And then 33% of your time, you're mentoring, coaching, and pouring into the next generation of, of people below you saying, hey, listen, let me share with you what I've learned. And I think that's the way to really amplify your associations. Mm, I love that perspective because it's such a... I don't know. I think sometimes this is a plague, I think, in entrepreneurship that I'm seeing right now. You can disagree. I won't hold it against you. But my thought is I see a lot right now of people trying to create these groups or masterminds or whatever, where it really becomes an energy of keeping up with the Joneses. It's who at my level or above can I, and I can let my ego drive the train so that I can rub elbows with other quote famous people, other people who are killing it because it makes me look better. It makes me feel better. 
people even just manipulating the truth to get into these spaces. So you're not even really hanging out with people who are maybe doing the things that you want to do. It's just all perception versus what you're talking about. And it's that humble servant's heart who's going to be around that lower 33%. And as you said, it's not lower in the sense that they're beneath you. It's lower in the sense that they're just behind in the process and you're going to support them. And then being around your peers where you're collaborating and then being also, again, it's like humility is all the way through, right? Like being around people who are steps ahead of you, where you have the the courage and the humility to say, Hey, I have a lot to learn. Like I have a lot to learn from you. Tell me, share with me, what can I take from what you put out into the world? So I love that idea because I think a lot of people have it wrong and they're wondering why they're investing all this money into all these types of things, but they're not seeing true depth and growth. It's because it's all a bunch of BS. It's all a facade versus this rule of 33. That's going to ensure that you're living in that servant servitude and stewardship and leadership that really is the critical piece in becoming who you're called to be and being the one. Yeah. I So I've been part of some of those masterminds that I was disappointed in, meaning mm-hmm. these kind of higher level pay a bunch of money. And you're like, wait, what? Like it felt mm-hmm. a little facade and it felt a little not as authentic as I was hoping. So I, and by the way, I've also been some part of some of those where I've met some great people in the whole thing. So I've, I've had both, but I'll also say this, uh, before my wife and I moved to where we live now about three years ago, before we moved here, we would, I met with a group of local entrepreneurs, there's five of us would meet once a month. We were all about the same size, which meant we were all doing well in our own respective little worlds. Maybe this person had more speaking engagements. That person had more social media followers. This person made more money, but they were all about the same general size. And it's so interesting. I saw a, a Facebook will serve up memories. It'll be like eight years ago today, here's where you were. And it served up this memory of all of us together five years ago. And I look at all five of us now. And we, again, we were all succeeding in our own right at the moment. Sure. I look at all five of us now and I'm like, oh my gosh, we did it all for free. We all met for free. In other words, we all just met with each other. There was no ego. We all left our egos at the door. We'd say, hey, here's what I'm struggling. And in fact, that was mm-hmm. the best way to get to the point. Here's the biggest challenges I'm having. Not here's how I'm kicking. Like crushing it. We're more just like, here's the, the challenge I'm facing. We, and we would all say, okay, here's how I can help you. Here's how I can help you. Maybe try this. The next person would go and we'd be like, hey, try this to do this. And I look at us now, all five of us are living way at a whole different level. And it all came from this servant idea. That was the middle 33. Mm-hmm. And then like the one tonight, this these teenage masterminds, these decades into day masterminds, like these kids, like to me, that's all legacy stuff. You say, why would you do that? I'm not charging the kids any money. I'm opening up my house. It takes obviously some time though to put it all on to organize it and so on. So why would you do it? I'm doing it because I think it's the way that you pour into the next generation of leaders in our country. It's like you pour into this next generation of people and say, here's the information that helped us. Here's the pitfalls. You mentioned this earlier. Your life is either a warning or an example. Here's some warnings of things not to do. Here's some examples of things to do. And helping these kids to, and I'm hoping that 30 years from now, these kids will pass it on to somebody else and say, hey, look, here's some stuff, right? I know you're 15 years old. Here's some things that I learned. And they pass it on to the next generation as well. I think that's the way you can create great communities. So the rule of 33 is something that I live by. And it's something that I'm really proactive and intentional with. And it literally has changed my whole life because I came from broken home. I came from no college education. I came from no professional background. All of that happened by changing the, the associations. Who are you hanging out with? Mm. Oh, I love it. And I'm obsessed with you're doing with what you're doing with these kids. We do a lot of work with our raising luminaries leg of our of 
Luminary Leadership Co. because there has never been a greater need for leadership being infused into the next generation than today. There's yeah. never been more of a deficit and there's never been more of a, a, not just like a lack of this being presented and modeled for them, but an active war against it. Like we're fighting, this is talk about uphill. You have to be intentional to raise your kids in leadership today. So imagine the gift that you're giving these kids and the ripple effect that's that will have in generations to come. And uh, I think that piece speaks so much to my heart because we're really on board with that too. So thank you for doing that work. I would love to continue to follow along with that because I think that's just such a missing piece and will it, it is ultimately what will save us in the future. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever come to Southern Utah, we're going to have you come over and you'll be our guest speaker. So we'll, yeah. so we're excited to have you. I'd be honored. Yeah, absolutely. I I would love to have you just, I know you talked about living an intentional life and that being a key piece, but if you could leave our entrepreneurs and our leaders with just some final wisdom or something that was passed along to you that you can pay forward that will help them continue to fight the good fight. I would deeply appreciate it. I want everybody to walk away with something that they can sink their teeth into and come back to on the tougher days. Yeah. So for me, it's three words just to keep it super simple. It's a simple mantra, right? Three words. And it's be the one. Mm -hmm. It's be the one. Cause you say to yourself, you know what? I want my life to matter. I want this work to matter. I want all this energy I'm putting into matter. And you want to be the one that you say, when someone says <clears throat> success is an identity process, you'll never outperform the way you see yourself. If you see yourself as a loser, you're not going to show up and play like a winner. If you see yourself like a winner, you're not going to roll over and quit like a loser. So James Clare wrote Atomic Habits and there was two boys and one of the boys stole the candy. And they said to the child, did you steal the candy? And the little boy said, I didn't steal the candy. And they said to the other little child, did you steal the candy? And the little boy said, I don't steal. I didn't steal that particular piece of candy as an action. I don't steal as an identity. And my friends, you are the one. You, that is who you are. This is an identity. We have the highest uh, anxiety rates we've ever had in human history, highest depression rates specifically, and highest suicide rates specifically around, around young men. And it's because we're not realizing who we really are, the true identity of who we are. And one of the things I want to share with you is that you can update this stuff. You can update your identity to recognize, to realize that you are the one. And you start saying, you know what? My life does matter. And I'm going to go start making decisions today to make it matter, to go create, to design, and to live an unforgettable life. I'm the one that's going to do it. And my friends, here's what I would just leave you with. How many people does it take to break a generational curse of abuse or addiction? How many people does it take to create financial principles within a, a family that changes the, the economic trajectory of a family forever. My friends, it takes one person. It takes you. Be that one today. You're the one. Go be the one and step into the person that you were actually born to be. Amen. And go to be the one book.com and make sure you get yourself a copy of this incredible book. And thank you so much, Justin. I am so grateful that you came and spent this time with us. And I can't wait to get this into the earbuds of our listeners because I know it will uplift them and, and change their trajectory, which is the main thing. So go be the one. I hope today's episode gave you what you needed. If it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next powerful episode. And I know it's so cliche to ask for a review. It always feels weird asking for one, but you guys, that makes a huge impact on the show. We read every one of them and it helps us get incredible guests to serve you. 
Don't be shy. I love connecting with our listeners. You can follow along on Instagram when I'm on there at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question or a guest you have for us, reach out, share your thoughts. You can connect at marketing at luminaryleadershipco.com. And we do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve you. Thanks for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. Tune in next week to keep building your legacy and becoming the confident visionary leader you are meant to be.